Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Michael Hansen today. Michael's the founder and CEO over at Growth Genie, a consultancy that empowers B2B sales teams to have more meaningful conversations and get in front of more of their ideal customers. Michael, a warm welcome to the show, sir. How's it going, mate? Oh, good. Thanks a lot for, uh, for inviting me, Sam, and I appreciate the energy that was put into my intro. <laughs> No worries, dude. That's that's the the diet Pepsi just kicked in. I reckon that the <laughs> caffeine levels are, are high, so we better get this done before it starts fading. So, Michael, we we're gonna be talking all about why salespeople need to need to understand content and um, why marketers need to understand sales. Um, might sound a bit obscure, might sound a bit unusual for some, but I think that probably the best place for us to start is by me um, putting you on the spot and saying. Isn't marketing a marketer's job? Can't I just pick up the phone and start selling to customers as a sales rep? Why the heck should I start thinking like a marketer and why do I need to be producing content? Yeah, I, I think there's there's quite a few reasons that I was passionate about this topic. One, my background is actually a mixture of like content marketing and sales. I've kind of mixed between the two. Um, now sure. I'm a business business founder like yourself. I have to do both. Right, I have to do marketing and I have to do sales. Sure. And more and more, I just see there's a big crossover between the two. So probably the most obvious example is now you're seeing a lot of sales reps at all different levels, SDRs, AEs, VPs of sales, directors of sales putting out content regularly on LinkedIn. Um, the way I do, not just LinkedIn, Instagram, all kinds of different channels. And they're essentially creating almost like inbound opportunities by posting every day, because especially if they're selling to sales or marketing people or CEOs or founders who are spending a lot of time on LinkedIn, they're seeing their posts, they're building credibility with them and people buy from people, right? Even if you sell a software product, you're still buying from a person. There's still an individual rep that you're, you're selling to there. So that's the main one. And then uh, another thing is that, okay, you mentioned calling, right? Of course, calling is all about um, the voice. Even like a, a Zoom call, you may be sharing screen on something. And then the big thing is like what I say as part of like a sales cycle or a sales cadence is often just don't sell. Of course, you need to at some point sell your product. But in the middle of that, send them content that you think is going to be very valuable to them. So if I give you an example, most of the sales leaders that I speak to, whether CROs, VPs of sales, VPs of marketing, they struggle with hiring. They have a lot of hires that fail, that don't work out, or right. there's a lot of churn. So normally as part of the sales cycle, I say, here, here are the top five traits that I look for in salespeople that may help you in the hiring process. That's nothing to do with what we do. That's like, if I was selling recruitment, that would be related to what we do, but we don't recruit anyone. But I just know that that's something that's super helpful to them. So that's just an example, like share content that is helpful to your buyer and you'll build trust and then it becomes much easier to sell to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a few things there about creating content on LinkedIn, creating inbound opportunities and that kind of stuff. And I don't want to dive too much into to LinkedIn content because we've covered that in some previous episodes. But to hit home, I mean, is there, and this is again putting you on the spot a bit, is, is there a balance that we need to strike 
Um, as in, if we've got business owners or sales reps that are perhaps tuning in and they're thinking, I can cold call all day and I know I can generate X amount of appointments or I can I can hit up my existing customers and I know I'm going to get referrals or I know I'm going to get some business off the back of that. Why the heck should I bother with, with this creating content? Why do I need to put content into my sales emails, into LinkedIn or to what other channels my customers hang out? Is that, is, is, is that going to be a good use of my time or ultimately should I already spend it on these tasks that I know are going to bring business in because that's what I've always done? So I think you can you can do a mixture of things, right? So you were talking about you know calling people, calling old customers, but you can use that strategy. We very much are preachers of like old school and traditional, right? So we very much believe in the power of cold calling, which some people think doesn't work anymore. And then we also believe in things like you know LinkedIn, audio notes, videos, etc. So if I give you an example of how to combine these two. You actually, when we were catching up before this, you asked me like. How's business going? Where are you getting your business from? And then a lot of how we get business is through what I call all bound, which is essentially a combination of inbound and outbound and marketing and sales. So I'll post content on LinkedIn. And if I see that certain people are regularly commenting and liking on our posts and they fit our ideal customer profile, either I'll cold call them or I'll send their profile to, to someone on our team to, to cold call. And again, that cold call is suddenly them a warm call because they're like, oh, yeah, Growth Genie, I know about you guys. I've been following Michael's content. And it becomes a very easy conversation to have. So then suddenly a cold call is a warm call. It's not really a cold call anymore. And there's tons of examples like this. And we're, we predominantly work with, with SDRs or AEs that are sourcing their own deals, like helping them to, to get meetings at the top of the funnel. And often what you see on the flip side is like outbound leads to inbound, right? So an SDR can send lots of emails or LinkedIn messages. And then the person doesn't want to reply, but they're like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to take a look around their website. And then they come in as an inbound lead. So you've got outbound leads to inbound and inbound leads to outbound. So I think this kind of all bound thing is really the way to go at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And to to get back to the, the concept of the show. So... Um, We've covered a little bit about why salespeople should start thinking more of a marketing approach in terms of putting out this content that's perhaps helpful to their ideal buyer profile. Um, what about on the marketing side of things? Is is there anything that marketers can take from from us measly sales professionals? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So when marketing puts out content, and this will be controversial probably to some marketers because they won't have realized, always love a controversial one. <laughs> they won't have realized this yet. When you send the sales team content, especially if you have a lot of content, yep. 90% of the content they won't read. Um, and you can't expect them to. It would take them like days, right? And they've, they've got a job to do. They've got to close deals. They've got to book meetings. So what I recommend is for all of your content, say you have an ebook, take like three of the most powerful stats from that ebook or three of the most powerful facts, and then yep. put them, say you have some kind of content library, associate them with that piece of content. And then when someone's reaching out to someone, like when we do an outbound email, for example, we don't give people the content, we create curiosity about it, right? So we have a sales playbook template, you know, people that like, but rather than saying, here's a sales playbook template, we think it'd be interesting, we say, we have a sales playbook template you can use to onboard new SDRs, would you be interested in receiving a copy? And then at that point, they've got to reply to you. So if you can give little teasers of right. things that are part of your content, that helps create a conversation. So that's what marketers can do is essentially give those little snippets of long form content. Like take this podcast, for example, 
if someone had no idea who you were or who I was, they probably wouldn't listen to this whole podcast, but they may listen to like a, you know, one minute video. So all marketers should be thinking, what's the like micro content out of the macro content that the sales team can use? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's saying people much about salespeople that they've got really short memories or they can't remember much. We should just spoon feed them tiny little bits. Or if it's saying that marketing need to do a better job of not giving salespeople massive guides and just giving us manageable content. Because at the end of the day, like you said, no one wants to read a wall of text, whether that's in a LinkedIn post, whether it's an email, whether it's a 10 minute video, whatever. So it, it sounds like getting it into short, sharp, punchy, messages outreaches is, is that the the kind of line that we're talking about yeah exactly i think you know i, I think the longer i always say as you go down the sales funnel you're like content going to get longer and longer because once you've got established trust with someone they're going to be more willing to be like hey sam i i trust sam and okay this is a 10 page guide but i'll read the 10 page guide as if he didn't know you he's like why should i read this 10 page guide from someone i've, I've never met met before so it's kind of like as you build trust with your buyer, you can have longer pieces of content. But certainly at the start, and it's like with cold emails, right? Our successful emails for us and for our clients, they're like super short, like two or three sentences. And that's what we're seeing success with because people are so busy nowadays. They see an email from someone they don't know and it's got loads of text. Even if it's like the best email ever, they're just going to delete it. And we'll get into that in a sec. We'll talk a little bit about how to personalize these these forms of outreach, whether it's email, whether it's LinkedIn message or such. Just curious before we do dive into that, Michael. So you mentioned earlier in the show, um, you like to yourself or other people on your team like to outreach to people that are perhaps engaged on your posts that have um, maybe, I don't know, commented, liked it or, or enjoyed what you've posted and they fit your ideal client profile. Are there any tips that you could share with us on what work what's working for you right now in terms of how you how you do that outreach, what what that actually looks like? Yeah, this is a good question. So always like relate it back to the post, right? So if they've given a comment about something, they've given some kind of opinion. So they've got an opinion, and you can always have a conversation around opinions, right? So for ex- a really good tactic that we're using at the moment is um, LinkedIn polls and not just LinkedIn polls to get find out about our our buyers but also then a step after to actually engage them in a conversation right so i've done a couple of linkedin polls recently i can give you examples of like should sales or customer success uh own like renewals and we've actually recently started working with like customer success teams because there's a big push for customer success to do more sales if someone then answers like customer success we can give them a call call the cro say they own the customer success team and Hey, I noticed in Michael's poll that you said uh, customer success owns renewals. Like, how's that process at your company? And then it's it's a warm call because you've already got some information about them. Yeah. So essentially, just because they've liked and commented on your post doesn't mean you can just kind of go into some big pitch, right? Use that. Use what they've liked and commented on and start a conversation related to that. And then it just becomes a very easy conversation. Yeah. So it's more like starting a posing a question around the piece of content they've engaged in and, and going from there really not not just yeah. dumping a pitch on them yeah and also the the other thing is why i like the polls is polls are actually good to find out the challenges of your buyers um okay. so we did we did one last year like what's your biggest outbound sales challenge right now super relevant to our business and then you know we had like i think we had like 100 responses but from those it was all 
these are the biggest challenges they're facing. And the, one of the most difficult parts of being an SDR doing like cold outbound is you have to assume what the challenges are of your buyers. Cause you may have like five typical challenges that you hear and you kind of got to focus on one or two of them. You can't like write all of them cause you want those short emails. So if someone's literally proactively told you what their challenge is, you can lead your call with that. You can lead, hey, I see that um, you know, training and onboarding your SDR team is a, is a difficulty for you at the moment. Like, what does that process look like? So it's just using that information that they've given you on LinkedIn to like make the call a bit more warm. That is a really, really good actionable example um, of how to get not only free data, but how to potentially get some warm leads as well. Um, so I'm sure a few people that have put that problem are probably open to a conversation around it if you uh if you get some good feedback so that's that's a really interesting interesting thing that i'll probably try and i'm sure people tune in should probably give a go if you if you need some some warm leads to hit up pretty fast cool so moving this forward um so we've, we've talked a little about uh the structure of kind of marketing and sales how they can work together on this looking at other forms of outreach whether that is kind of linkedin whether that's email whether that's video whether that's another channel how can we utilize personalization? How can we, what are some examples that are perhaps working for yourself, for your clients, Michael, in terms of weaving in content, weaving in personalization to not just make it a typical, like we say, a long, long form pitch to make sure we're actually helping our prospects, our buyers, and showing that we're perhaps an authority in our space and, and drumming up new appointments or demo requests, whatever we're trying to do as part of a growing our business. Yeah, I think the personalization thing, you don't need to go overboard. I've seen a rule of like three. I even think just if you can get one thing, personalization relevant to them, scan their LinkedIn. If some people also may reach out to certain buyers, like we get this a lot and they're not active on LinkedIn. You may be like, we've got a, a client that sells to data scientists and often they're not posting too much on LinkedIn. So at that point, you don't want to go for more of a, like a company approach. You're researching a company and you can always get information about a company, whether that's a report, whether that's web, their website. You may be able to look at their case studies, see what customers they're, they're already working with. Right. And then the key with personalization, because I see this, is a lot of people don't tie their personalization into some kind of like business relevance. So you can't just, if I was to target you and say, hey, you know, I, I was listening to your business growth show and the, the episode with Michael Hansen. And then they went into some pitch, which is like completely unrelated to it. You just be like, that person is just saying that to sell me something. And people yep. can tell when you're being genuine or not. Whereas if I if I just think of an example off the top of my head, if I was to reach out to you, I'd be like, hey, Sam, listen to your business growth show. I, I see you're getting quite good engagement. How are you turning like the hundreds of listeners into actual like pipeline? How are you making that engagement? Right. So that's more of like a a genuine thing and you're connecting the dots because that's what i see there's this big hype about personalization at the moment if you don't connect the dots then all that research is just a waste of time yeah 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 it's it's a funny one i mean you got you just need to log in onto linkedin and then i don't know about you michael but i probably get about between five and ten bots every day that message yeah. me with things like sam i can see you work at web choice now here's a 10 page essay on the pitch on why you should <laughs> buy with me um, so that's obviously not personalization. That's just a bot that's automating. They can see what company I'm at and then they're just putting a massive pitch. Um, so yeah, stirring away from that and, and getting an actual business case. Um, and is that something that I was just going to ask, is that something that typically takes a lot of time and a lot of research to, to do, or is there kind of quick, quick ways we can get to that? Yeah, I think you shouldn't spend longer than like five or 10 minutes on it. Um, so I look at you either like 
research on a personal level, right? So find something on their LinkedIn. But again, you can research on a company level and mm. specific to their company, or it can be at an industry level, right? So we have a lot of case studies and companies that are actually writing like automated emails. And there's a big thing about personalization versus automation. A lot of people like never write automated emails, but it all starts with your list, right? So if you find uh, companies in a specific niche, so we were reaching out to like food conglomerates for a client um, in uh, like go who were having ghost kitchens, looking for sites for ghost kitchen. It was quite a niche audience. We just talked about ghost kitchens specifically for that and data science. And it worked really well, even though it was, was like an automated message and we've got really good response rates and automated emails before so essentially just i think everything starts with your list so i always i always recommend that as well as like try and create a niche list to so try and create a list of like a hundred people who you all know have a very similar like niche problem yep. versus like you know spray and pray like i'm just going to email three thousand people with like a one-size-fits-all message yeah okay and then thinking about the the kind of content that we should be sharing so i mean obviously this is going to be this is going to vary depending on what industry we're in what sector we're in so it's a bit of an open-ended question is there specific stages of our outreach where we should be um, and you hinted it a bit earlier um with kind of chopping up marketing content where we should be sharing bits of content whether it's on the initial email or the initial we found i.e we've got our prospect list we've done initial outreach should we be sharing like a blog or a video piece or something like that that's useful or does that come later along the line once they've perhaps bitten and shown a bit of interest then we try to nurture them with content or are we sharing content at all stages of of the funnel yeah all stages of the funnel so i'll there's different stages um different content for different stages i actually start at the bottom of the funnel right because this is actually where i see the biggest area of opportunity because i think sdr is more and more understanding they need to have content you know we're living in this era of like digital marketing everyone working from home but aes have a very rigid process sdrs don't so aes normally have they have like a discovery call then they have a demo then they have an implementation call and because they've got so many calls planned out normally what they think is i've got that next step in the diary I don't need to contact the person like in between. And that's a real bad mistake mm. because you can build credibility with that person. Like I said, send them content that's really valuable. That's going to be useful to them. Like we have a client that's a proposal software and right. I've been getting there and they've got a really good report, which is best practices for proposals and all their clients are obviously sending out proposals. So even before they start working with them, send them like information about like, if you include video in your proposal, your close rate goes up by by 40%, right? So that's educating them. And even before they start working together, that's something their team can implement. So from an AE perspective, like between your calls, send that educational content. Um, and then like from an SDR perspective, uh, like I said, normally we have a bit of content that we think is of interest. We give a little teaser, hey, we got a report that says, like if I just give you that example, you know, if you put videos in your proposals, you'd increase close rates by 40%. Like, would you be interested in seeing more stats like this? And then they have to reply yes, and you start a conversation. So I think at any stage of the buyer's cycle, like educational content is always going to help win trust. And I guess it helps in a few other ways as well. Like um, as as business owners, as sales reps, we know that every now and then we're going to get people that cancel um, or that go elsewhere or that change their mind. I suppose if we're feeding them pieces of content, whether that is, articles videos whatever that may be that is genuinely useful that we've set out that is going to help them get the job done better then it's it's probably building up a bit more trust with them as well right 
So it's saying this, this is not just another salesperson or business owner that wants to ram this product down my neck and get my cash. They actually do want to help me because they're sending me stuff that's learn more, learning more about this project, about how I can get it done, giving me tips and kind of positions you more of a, an authority in your space rather than perhaps the other two or three vendors you're maybe going up against that aren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Another thing I didn't mention as well um, is commenting on people's posts. So if your mm. buyers are putting out content on LinkedIn, again, if I was to target you, Sam, I would give my opinion, like a comment on one of your posts. One, people appreciate that because the LinkedIn algorithm is mainly about comments. So you get lots of comments, you get a lot more reach. And yeah. two, it's establishing trust. And I've had so many deals like at the bottom of the funnel and they're like ghosting me, which often happens is like uh, if you put on your AE hat and I may be sending five, six messages, nothing. I comment on their LinkedIn post and suddenly they get back to me and like, oh, I haven't forgot about you. I'm going to sign the contract tomorrow. Like, yeah. It's funny how people work. So. It's very, very funny how, how these things work. What I tend to do as well is sometimes just like you, I... I've got a habit of whenever a lead comes in, doesn't matter what the source is, whether it's for our website, for an ad, for LinkedIn, I'll, or, or a referral, I'll always add them on LinkedIn. And then that way, yeah. you know that as long as you are putting content, which we've talked about on this and, and many other episodes, and if you want to learn about putting out content, do check out episodes like Daniel Disney, Justin Welsh, and we've had plenty of others. Um, and then perhaps you forget you've added them and you're, you're putting out content that's relevant. As long as you're putting out content that's relevant to your industry, and sharing kind of best practices tips they, they might reach back out to you and i've had many times where i've literally forgotten i've cannot connect with this person or forgotten that i've talked to them they said sam we spoke about this like six months ago i'd like to pick up on it um because you're yeah. like you say, getting in front of them every day or sharing stuff that's actually useful um so it's it's interesting how how these things can work in in funny ways um so we've talked about kind of what salespeople, what business owners can do themselves. Are there any other ways that we should be working together, perhaps with our marketing departments to make sure we're getting the best of both worlds so we're not perhaps wasting our own time too much on creating content? So perhaps, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, taking some of the stuff that's already there or repurposing yeah. stuff that's already there. So ultimately, we need, we, need to, we need to keep sales, we need to keep revenue coming in. So striking that balance between making best use of our time, but also keeping conversations going. Yeah, so I really recommend every company have like a call recording software. And that's not just for the sales team, which is often the immediate thing, right? Because as a sales manager, I want to be able to coach my reps and listen to their demos, listen to their cold calls. But it also really helps from a marketing perspective, because the reason is, is your sales team are on the front line with customers and they're doing discovery calls. They're asking them about pains. So the most mm. common challenges and pains that you're hearing those are things that your marketing team should be writing content around. And then these core recording software, so I can give you two examples like Refract or, or Gong, they have an ability from a sales perspective as well as like I could take a two minute clip and then send that to the marketing team and be like, this is gold. This is what I'm hearing. Like every call I'm having in the last two months, they talk about this challenge. We need yep. to make content around it. So you need that. That's a technolo technological piece, but you also need that feedback. So you should be having like, meetings between marketing and sales or marketing and saying to the sales team what are you hearing at the moment what are customers talking about because that's the stuff you should be writing content about definitely literally taking the words from your customer's mouth it sounds like um because these are the the things that the salespeople hear each and every day and then there's so many advantages to that right because it not only helps from educating your customers but being seo like what, what we do at web choices 
a lot of people were actually searching for these kind of things in Google, like how to do X, best ways to do Z, or I've got issues with Y. Um, so it helps from a ranking perspective to get you more inbound, which is going to help your sales team. It helps you if you've got customers that are perhaps asking you these questions, then you can just direct them to this content. And then I suppose it helps top of funnel as well in your outreach because you've got this content produced um, through various forms, whether it's kind of articles, LinkedIn posts, videos, infographics, whatever that you can you can feed them. Um, so it's, it sounds like it's just kind of working together to to get that content out and distributed. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool, cool. Um, so with that all said, are there any any other things that we need to bear in mind? um as, as sales preps as, as business owners in terms of kind of putting this all into play are there any other tips we should bear in mind before we start doing outreach before we spend time on on putting to, together different pieces of content um before we look at doing personalization before we try to put all the pieces uh, of the puzzle together are there any other kind of tips we need to pick up on before we start trying to put this into action yes yeah, the most basic thing that people often forget about which is like who are we targeting here? Who's the ideal customer? Who's the like segment we're going after? Because whether that's marketing, creating content, I've seen marketing, creating content, and they're not even thinking about who's going to be the person reading this content, right? And then yeah. on the other side, like sales, when you're an SDR or an AE prospecting, the list, right? Who's in the list? Like I want to get really niche into a list. So we, we talk about a thing called triggers. So trigger okay. in our case is we know that if a company is hiring a sales manager, or, or if they're hiring BDRs, they may need our help. So if they're hiring a sales manager, there's some kind of management gap there. And if they're hiring uh, BDRs, those BDRs need help with like training onboarding. So we know they're a really good good fit for us. Um, we also work with, uh, with a lot of outsourcers because they have like tons of SDRs because they're sales outsourcers. And as they're growing, we know like processes can collapse. That's another trigger like company growth outsources. So think about those triggers at your companies. Like we work with a lot of software clients and we know that um, if they integrate with certain softwares and other companies are using those softwares, that's another good trigger, right? And there's all these different data sources you can use nowadays to get this information. So think about those triggers in addition to the industry, the job title you're targeting. What are some layers on top of that that make a company a good fit for your services? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's essentially different ways we can find out when people tick certain boxes that might fall within kind of needing our, our service and offering. Um, exactly. Awesome, awesome, dude. I'm definitely going to, going to take away that, that poll tip you linked at the, um, you, you mentioned at the start in terms of kind of finding out problems, finding out pains and then reaching out potentially to, to warm leads that, that fill the criteria you need. So Michael, with that, I want to thank you very much for, for coming on the show, sir. And um, please do tell us more about how everyone tuning in can, can learn from you, a bit more about your business and the best way for people to reach out to you. Yeah, no, as I said earlier, pleasure to, to be here, Sam. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn, I'm very active. We obviously got speaking on LinkedIn, Sam. Um, so if you put Michael Hansen, uh, Growth Genie on LinkedIn, I should come up. Uh, also feel free to email me. It's mhanson at growthgenie.com. Dot co. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get .com domain. It was already taken. So that's why it's dot, dot .co. And uh, yeah, in terms of what we do, um, we're, we're a, a consultancy that empowers B2B sales teams to, to have better conversations, get in front of more of their ideal customers. Um, we work with a lot of SDR teams and also AE teams that are doing a lot of their, their own outbound prospecting. Um, and we often act as kind of a 
uh, a virtual BDR, um, SDR, an outbound manager, an enabler. Um, so you're in a position where you're thinking about hiring a, a BDR manager, an outbound manager, um, probably worth uh, giving us a call or contacting me on LinkedIn. So. Nice one, Michael. Thanks once again. Really appreciate you coming on. Cheers, Sam. No worries. And all those links to, to find out more about Michael and his company will be over in the episode notes at businessgrowth.marketing. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to hit subscribe wherever the heck you get your podcast from for Business Growth Show. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, sales, all with the growth to help you grow your revenue and grow your business. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.